we have brand new mugs. Branded mugs. Brand new branded mugs. Maybe one day we'll have a merch store. I hope so. But in the interim, if you believe in capitalism and it's flawed ways, <laughs> uh, you can visit Discord and there's a bunch of great discounts to things like Athletic Brew, Cometeer Coffee, Any Day. Any Day's got a 20% off discount for the two-year anniversary. Hmm. 20% off. Pretty, oh. pretty, pretty good. I want to use it to do that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get a bunch to do what you've been doing with the frozen meals. It's changed my game. Yeah. Cha- totally changed my game. Um, but you won't hear those discount codes here because we're forcing you to sign up for our Discord channel at majordomomedia.com. There's a link. If you see this thing that looks like a two eyes or a video game <laughs> controller, that's the, that's the Discord logo. So click on that. If you're... I'm not trying to be ageist here, but if you're over a certain age, you probably need someone that's way younger than you to help you sign up. Yeah. Just go to a local playground. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds weird. Uh, Don't do that. Don't do that. Also, the first cooking episode of Recipe Club Season 3 drops tomorrow. Yes, John DeBerry, ingredient barbecue sauce. Someone goes home pissed. <clears throat> Won't say who. Want to know what recipe we picked? Want to cook along before the episode? The Recipe Club game is now live on the Discord. Cook along, win Major Domo Gold. What? Yeah, we don't dude. even know what the Major Domo Gold is for yet. <laughs> I, I, I'm literally reading the sentence and I'm learning about it just as quickly as you are. But you definitely want to collect them. Oh, I guess we do. <laughs> and vote for the recipes you cook. Major Domo Gold. Yeah, you play it. You can spin your own little wheel for Recipe Club. Cook along with us. Send in your photos, and then you win. You win loot. We don't have to do with the loot yet, but you're gonna um, win it. This is all a precursor for Chris Ying trying to do a token or NFT. No, that won't happen. But yeah, let's get on to the show. Reboot your credit card with Apple Card, the only credit card designed for iPhone. It gives you up to 3% daily cash back on every purchase. It's real cash that never expires or loses value. Apply for Apple Card in the Wallet app on iPhone. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Daily cash is available via Apple Cash Card. Issued by Green Dot Bank, member FDIC, or as a statement credit. Terms and more at AppleCard.com. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Welcome to the Dave Chang Show, part of the Ringer Podcast Network, presented by Major Dome Media. Thank you, Yola Tango, as always. Total total side note before you even get into side notes to the side notes and the pod. Sure. This being the Ringer, and I know we don't have a lot of sports fans, but did you happen to see J.J. Redick just destroy Stephen A. Smith? What happened? I didn't uh, see it. Stephen A. Smith just talked very poorly about Kawhi Leonard. Oh, right. He said he he needs to retire. He needs to go home. And, Kawhi, and then J.J. Redick was like... um. <laughs> No, you can't say these things. You don't know anything. You never played basketball. In fact, when I was rehabbing, when I was playing for the uh, the Sixers and he was living in Brooklyn and he would rehab, you know, who would see all the time rehabbing hmm. in the year off that Kawhi had? 
Kawhi was there rehabbing. Yeah. Wow. Just working hard. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, like, I was just so happy to see. JJ's a good guy. Be very much into food. He's been on this podcast. I've been on his. And he just you lit him up. It was great. <laughs> it's great. But this is the interesting time we're in right now where experts in their fields are becoming hmm. the gatekeepers too, right? What do you mean? JJ, JJ Reddick. I see. Used to be on The Ringer. Now he has his own thing. And it's doing extremely well. You mm. have a lot of basketball players that Draymond's doing his podcast like almost right after the game. JJ's an analyst. You've always had analysts sort of like be color. Right. But, but now, they're taking control now for sure. Yeah. They dictate the dialogue. Yeah. I think it's great. They've gotten, I think it's a factor of they've gotten so much better. They're so much more trained for this part of it. And the access they have, like you said, JJ can say, I saw Kawhi rehab. Draymond can say, you can speculate all you want about what's happening in the locker room. I was there. I'm hoping a lot more chefs start yeah. doing this. Yeah. Let's put some food media people out of the job. <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, that's that's super interesting. That is the precursor. But you know who's going to put a lot of food media out of the job? Who's that? Um, AI. <laughs> Good old AI. Yeah. You sent something through today. <clears throat> yeah. Grace sent me a, a link to an article. uh, uh my God. A link? An article? What are you, what are you, what are you <laughs> blanking on here? <laughs> I can't remember the name of the site, so apologies. But uh, it was basically how they held a virtual fashion show. Yeah. And it was all fictitious because it was made by AI. And like a fashion show, some things were amazing. Some things mm -hmm. were terrible. But we're in the beginning stages of this. We're in, like I always say, the Atari phase, which was... We're in the most basic phase of this mm -hmm. timeline. So, so to be clear, when you're describing an AI or a, yeah, an AI generated virtual fashion show, these were AI generated images that look stunningly real. Yes. Very, very, very real looking clothes that AI designed and then portrayed on these on these models. Grace texted me and she's like, This is coming for food. And I said, Yes, one thousand percent. Uh, a couple weeks ago, there was the Drake uh, Bad Bunny song, I think, that they, Spotify, I think, had to, like, take down because it sounded like Drake, and it was one of the most downloaded songs. People thought it was great. Which is which is full circle, because didn't Drake also make a video with, like, AI pretending he had been on Howard Stern or something? <laughs> something like, like that. It's just insane. This is all important because... <clears throat> About a year and a half ago, we were researching AI for our Hulu show, Next Thing You Eat. We couldn't find anything. And we have great researchers, and we're trying to find anyone that could make AI food. Mm -hmm. I, I know Big Blue had a IBM's AI computer can have a, the ability to just like conjure recipes. Some are great, some aren't. But now I think we're headed towards this realm of this is why, again, I look at other parts. I enjoy other parts of culture because it gives us some insight happening in music happening in fashion. 1000% guarantee it's going to happen to food. Yeah. So, and we couldn't find one, whatever. Yeah. Whenever it was even, even more, even more than just trying to find AI involved with food. When we were doing pre-production and research for the next thing you eat, we had concocted a whole bit that was, what if we pretend there's this computer that can just sort of spit out recipes based on, you know, merging random 
cultures and ingredients based on population trends. And it was just, it was, we were going to do this as a speculative bit. And this was maybe 18 months ago. It's like sort of my sort of uh, armchair belief that food is a, is like just a data point. It's a meme and everything wants to be delicious. So you can sort of track it out in an algorithm. Again, I'm just throwing shit out there, but I sort of believe that to be true. Um, and if you have a, a chat bot that's scrubbing the internet that understands where all the clicks are going, where every, <clears throat> every article that's being read, every recipe that's being downloaded for the duration, right? They can even like see like, okay, this person, this group of people are looking at this recipe for 30 seconds longer than this recipe. It's aggregating every bit of information. We're leaving digital trails everywhere. It's probably mm-hmm. maybe, who knows, getting all your insights through your on like online food ordering, right? Mm-hmm. Theoretically, this AI could pretty much program the recipes you're going to want to cook. And if it can sort of like go back in time, it's going to be able to project where food is going to go, partly based on immigration patterns, mm-hmm. right? All said, I, I know very little about this. Uh, I, I want to learn more. We don't even know if there's a company out there. Probably there's a company since we started looking at this 18 months ago. If it doesn't exist already, it will. And just like on Spotify, the musical choices are so good. If you just want to like trust the dealer on on the next song choice, yeah. I'm going to say within 24 months, as a as a as a bet, we're going to see the complete extinction of recipe creators on websites. And what are you going to do? Why do I need to go to www.anything mm-hmm. to find out what to cook? Yeah. Because if we're happy, it's, it's such beginning stages right now, but pretty soon, if in 18 months we're, we're here in another 18 months, another, in another 36 months, I, I, th- I think that it's going to get wicked good. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, think it's it, it makes me think of when you know you said Big Blue. It makes me think of when you know the first time a computer could challenge and then beat a chess master was because a computer. You know, if you're playing chess, you're looking at the board and you're trying to just consider all of the possible moves, and then the the next move that happens after that, and the next move after, that happens after that. It's this decision tree, right? Like. I'm going to, I decided to grill this piece of meat. My next decision is how, how, what temperature I should grill that to. My next decision is, you know, what do I do after that? And a computer was able to calculate all those possibilities much faster than us. So at least, at least food as an idea or a recipe, a computer's going to, is going to be able to consider all the possibilities. Make it look as beautiful as possible. Yeah. Right. If you're a food photographer, it's pretty (laughs) problematic so this is like this is the hilarious thing about that that fashion piece that you, you see forward on from grace you know they said look at these amazing ai designed articles of clothing they look super real but like, i think the caption literally said but there's one obvious thing in here that you can tell it's ai generated and i looked at it for like five talk. minutes i had no idea what it was and no they idea. said if you look at the belt the belt isn't really a belt i was like are you kidding me <laughs> never in a million years but i have noticed that and we're only in like not even the top half of the first inning. Yeah. So I'm not saying this is good or bad, but it's not going away and I'm not taking joy in this, but like we don't have a choice here. If you're in food, this is a serious 
wake the fuck up <laughs> moment. Because I, I just don't even know what the future holds. Mm-hmm. If you I can press a button and it can generate, hey, I, I, I'm having a really hard time like thinking about what to make on the menu today. I'm just burnt out. I need something fresh. Mm-hmm. Uh, this chat, chat, chat bot knows a lot of my likes and dislikes already. It's already processed the ingredients I like, the seasonality. It probably even takes into account potentially the quality of staff that I have that can execute certain things. All right, this is what you're going to be able to make. And the recipes will be down to the milligram. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it makes me think of, I think one of the superpowers you have as like a, a, as a chef from the creative perspective is being able to come up with answers to, to questions at each of those decision points. Like without spoiling tomorrow's recipe club episode. There's a moment where I said something like, I wanted to find smokiness for this dish. I was trying to find somewhere to put smokiness into it. I'm not where you are. You came up with a better idea for where smokiness might come from. Now, not to put you out of a job here, but a computer could probably have spit out 45,000 other possible, I considered that many possibilities of where I could inject smokiness into this thing. Now, counterpoint or or devil's advocate here on, on all of this AI recipe generation. We talk about the cronut a lot, right? We talk about Dominique Ansel, the, the fried croissant basically is what a cronut is. You have said many times, people have probably had this idea to fry a croissant dough many, 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 many times over. But it came down to Dominique doing it right that made the difference. Isn't that going to kind of apply here? Well, I, I, I don't know anything about, you know, AI and algorithms, but I would imagine that it's probably going to, and, let me put it this way. Any kind of food that we haven't thought about in terms of the combinations, yeah. regardless of fear, right? Oh, I can't do that. Someone's going to make fun of me. This, <laughs> this algorithm is going to be like, these are all right. the plausible combinations that you're going to do. And I do know this because um, Michael Esconsis, the great pastry chef, worked, did a lot of stuff with Big Blue and it would make pairings about things and some of them seemed totally crazy. But like, you know, it took a long time for someone to realize, you know what? Peanut butter and chocolate, they go really well together. Sure. You know what also goes well together? Two fruits that aren't on the same continent, bananas and strawberries. Sure. It took some time to figure that shit out. Right. It took some time to be like, you know what's good? If I do this, this, and this, I can actually introduce citrus to dairy and without it tasting vile. Mm. These are all things that happen by trial and error. Now, if you can do it by like a billion computations and every scenario possible, what's to say if our brain is a fucking computer, why, why won't it just be like, give me the top 10 most probable food scenarios that we haven't come up with quite yet. Could be like, I, I mean, ketchup marinated black cod. I, I don't know. But would I ever try that? Probably not. But maybe there's enough evidence with this sure. super-powered thing sure. that to be like, you should try it out. And this is just based, I mean, like, like you said, we're in the top half of the first inning here. This isn't even AI that is specifically tooled for this task. I was reading this thing about AI today as well, which was, you know, there are creators behind AI. AI is kind of a misleading idea that there's just this artificial intelligence that springs from nowhere. But if you have creators software engineers, whatever, who are thinking, oh, this is interesting. Let me find probab- let me find the most probable 
successes when it comes to unexplored combinations of things. Like that is a different tool than ChatGPT, which is just sort of scrubbing for conversation. I think that you're absolutely right. We are barely at the beginning of what we might start to see here. So I'm actually not doom and gloom about this. Well, actually, yes, I am. But there's a optimism at the end of the time. Mm-hmm. If you're a musician, I think this is problematic. <clears throat> I think if you're an illustrator or art artist, I think it's problematic. It's already hugely problematic for right? visual artists, yes. Unless you're into 3D sculpture, things like that, right? Potentially, I don't know. And I think about the conversation I had over 10 years ago when I met this ass face NASA genius. He's like, I'm gonna, I'm, you're going to be replaced soon. Your human intuition is going to be replaced soon. I was like, I just said hello. Nice to meet you. Like, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> hey, my name is David. You'll soon be replaced. <laughs> yeah, that's like how it was. I was like in a Russian accent. I was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Um, and and you know, it was a legitimate conversation. And he literally started it off that way. And I was like, whatever. And I thought that was never going to happen. Now, yeah, it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. But. We have an ability that they will not be able to do. When I say they, I'm talking about Skynet and the robots. <laughs> I was just going to ask who they are. But yeah, the robots. This, they, they can't, not to my knowledge quite yet, make things imperfect. Hmm. They can't, maybe, and we also know this because we, I don't think it's changed too far, too fast. Ro- robots are going to take many years to replace the dexterity of a chef. It is really fucking almost damn near impossible to recreate the dexterity on a robot hand to that of a human being. I've heard maybe never type of stuff, Mm -hmm. but it's not in our lifetimes. That's for sure. Again, you will see robots in kitchens, but more specifically like binary tasks, like lifting up and down a fryer, stuff like that. But anything that's more complicated, you're never going to see Someone, a robot making three mission star sushi. Right. Not, not possible. Right. It's also impossible to improvise in mm-hmm. the moment. So all in, what I'm saying is if you're a chef or you're a creative, like you should actually spend time really quadrupling down on finding your voice and being you, your imperfect self with all of your experience and everything that you are. I don't think in our lifetimes, uh, a robot's going to be able to recreate that and how you express yourself is going to be all the more important. And because physically we're so far away from any robot from making food, like we're good. Mm-hmm. Like, we're mm-hmm. pretty fucking good. Mm-hmm. I don't think cooks have to worry about their jobs for a long time, but people are going to try. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. But I, I do think this is a, as a, as a great opportunity to really just like stop what you're doing to reassess and be like, Okay, how do I how do I make my voice and the, the food that I make more distinct? Because things are going to become more homogenized and more imitated, and the only thing that's going to separate yourself. And I feel like I'm channeling Jerry, the great Jerry Saltz right now is just be you. Is it is it entirely about? I mean, I guess it's not. But I, is it is it about voice though? Really, if if what's happening here is AI is able to sort of replace intuition and kind of mimic creativity or is, isn't it really more about execution? Well, no. Yes. Like, can you carve out a space for yourself where, listen, my hands 
cannot be imitated. Like it's, it's sort of what I'm saying with the Dominique Ansel thing. You you can theorize about the cronut but until you've made it. Yeah. The without getting into the like things that I have a bar- barely an understanding of, there are people that believe that AI can never actually be like complete a human consciousness because of uh, Gödel's incompleteness theorem oh, <laughs> that it cannot see itself. Oh shit! Right? Yeah. Because we're human. I think that same reason is allows us to see outside ourselves. And uh, I don't know. I'm just speaking out of my ass right now, but I feel, I feel comfortable knowing, and especially the people that I know in this industry, the beauty that I can make, the stories they can tell, that can't be recreated quite yet, right? Like, mm-hmm. there's going to be a lot more of the, the sameness in the facsimiles. But when you stop and think about it, this is how cooking by numbers already where we've been living. Think about all the trends that's happened over the past 25 sure. years. People have been cooking the same forever. Sure. Oh, that works. Think about, talk about the cronut. How many goddamn cronut knockouts have there? Good God. Right? Yeah. So many. Uh, I can't remember Cedric Gallot, that amazing guy in Paris that makes those amazing desserts. Mm-hmm. A lot of people can copy that, but not many people can copy his artistry that's going into it. Because that guy's like amazing. Yeah. Outrageous. The cronut. There can only be one. There's been a lot of imitators, right? So the next version is like, what can you do? And there was an article, I think, by the New York Times about the croissant. Like, it's pretty much done. Mm-hmm. Everything else is just changing the, the, the shade of like black. But there's new stories to be told by the baker, the, 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 the dessert chef. I, I don't know, but I have to remain optimistic and hopeful that this gives license for people to be like, why am I doing it this way. I should just be the anomaly. I should just fuck this up right now this is and really, do something I'm not supposed to do. This is really funny because we started this by you saying this Russian operative said, I can, I'm can. i going to replicate your intuition. Well, that is all the reason in the world to be counterintuitive then. <laughs> just yeah. do counterintuitive shit. And we, we talk about this when we're, we're saying the best restaurants and you should go to the restaurant that they're telling you to go to, but just go eat at the restaurant next door. Yeah. <laughs> Follow, by the way, we should just do that on the show. I know. We should just take a take list. Take all the lists. And just start. I mean, we're going to find some duds, but I think we should start going out to the restaurants next door and just reporting back. This group think that AI is going to create basically makes the middle like like the same. There's going to yeah. be so much more sameness that I think it's actually, weirdly in my opinion, easier to be you. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's almost like Costanza. It's like, I got to do everything opposite that my intuition is telling me to do. <laughs> yeah. I think there was a Rick and Morty episode about this. Where the only way to outsmart them is to just do whatever unpredictable bullshit that might happen. Yeah. But pretty soon AI is going to be able to predict that too. <laughs> so we have a small lead. Let's, let's fuck some shit up. We'll take a break. So we're going to talk about <laughs> parking. And Larry David and pronunciation of something. Then we're going to get into a little bit more about buffet and my my time in Paradise Lost. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. And uh, then we're going to get a little bit of a dad's. Okay. Because you know wants us to talk about dad's. He was like, you guys just joke around so much. Can we just talk about some serious stuff? All right, you know. All right, you know. We'll make it fucking serious. <laughs> We are very grateful for you now. <laughs> so paint a picture of the other day when we pulled into the old Spotify parking lot here. I mean, 
I don't know if it's a compliment that people compare me to Larry David when I say people, my wife. <laughs> I'm, I'm absolutely certain when Grace says you're like Larry David, it's not a compliment. <laughs> but yes. I try to take it as one because he's funny, <laughs> but I don't know for those around him. This happened. And now you can see how sometimes I'm in these moments where I'm like, what the fuck? This is wonderful. So here we are at Spotify. The first floor or the second floor is the parking garage. Full. Third floor, full. Fourth floor is almost always available. And the other week, I went straight to the top, Mm -hmm. which they now have made sure that that will never happen again because I broke through the barrier. (laughs) Like I entered Valhalla parking lot. Valhalla. They were like, no, 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 no. You cannot come here. <laughs> We've never, he, he genuinely bypassed some signage to go to the rooftop parking. And it was so glorious up there. It was glorious. And they all looked at us like, how did you get into heaven? Yeah. We were, <laughs> <laughs> seriously. There are a bunch of workers there. Who were like, Just like enjoying their lunches, having a good time. Yeah, really enjoying themselves. <laughs> the next day, they like seal it off with bricks. They're yeah. like, this has never happened again. But that, but so now the roof was sealed off. Almost every spot was taken. They were doing some construction work. Every spot was taken. Yes. We we drove by every spot. Every spot was taken. And then we can't keep our engineers, producers waiting. Like Corey already hates us to begin with. We can't have him hate us more by waiting. Yeah. So we had to like make an executive decision. Yes. So on the fourth floor, on the very, there's like a lot of construction tape, danger tape. There's a giant F-150 truck, and then there's one space, (laughs) just enough of a gap where you could park diagonal Mm -hmm. to the truck, making like a triangle into the tape. (laughs) The caution tape is blocking off the space. Three spots. Three spots. It's basically oriented such that there's not enough room for Dave to do a full, normal, perpendicular parking job. The only way to do this is to go in at an angle into this parking spot across two spots. So the tape is sort of in the front of him. The F-150 is behind him. We've just sort of wedged our way however we can into this parking spot. And it's perfectly visually understandable for anybody seeing what's happening here. Dave's car is parked diagonally across these spaces because he's wedged his way in here. When all the cars are there, everything that makes sense. I get it. Yeah. Right? yeah, this guy, it's, this it's guy very, took what was available. It's very similar when you're at the grocery store and you see someone like parked into another like another parking spot. It makes sense because you see the other car that was being the jerk. Yes, it's exactly this. You're you you have to park over to the next spot because you were you were forced to do that by another car. We finish the podcast. We come up and you guys all start cracking up. <laughs> we had Gabby. We had, you know in the car as well. It looks. It, it basically looks like I, 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 <laughs> the construction guy had finished his work sometime in the middle of the podcast and removed all of the tape from the area. So now multiple so spots have been released and there is no tape blocking up. I'm now taking up three <laughs> parking spots. And it's Dave in his new car with his temp tags. So he looks even douchier, just parked across two spots. Just, it's absolutely insane. And I know without a, with 100% certainty, people were on that floor being like, what a fucking dick. It was, it was, I would have said that it was, there's zero chance. There's zero chance that 
any human being who walked by and saw how your car was parked did not stop and think, what a fucking dick. (laughs) And this is where I feel like Larry David. What was I supposed to do? (laughs) You have to be like, no, no, no. There was tape here earlier. You don't understand. There was this painter guy. uh, Dave, the painters have been done for three weeks here. I don't know what you're talking about. If I saw that car, my car. I, I might have keyed the car. Yeah. He almost, he almost, keyed, he, we should have just I looked around and be like, my we, own car. we should have looked around and be like, fuck this guy, right? Just key your own car and then get out of there. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, what also car. happened yesterday on that day, I, I confided to Chris and you know something that I've never told anybody because it dawned on me the other day. I think on the flight home from Taiwan, dawned on me. I don't know why in my jet lagged brain came up on this because I, I, I heard on a TV show that I was watching on my iPad or something. I don't remember, but the word simultaneously happened. Continuity <laughs> was written out in front of me and was spoken. Mm-hmm. Continuity. And I looked at the word being like, oh my God. This is how I've always said it to myself in my mind's eye. <sighs> Get ready for this. Mm-hmm. Pronunciation. Mm-hmm. Continuity. <laughs> And I, I had to let Chris know. I was like, today, a 45-year-old man just learned that continuity is, like, I just thought continuity was a completely different word. Yeah, I know. Like, K-A, you know, silent P-H, who the fuck knows? I just thought it was a completely different word. And I was like, oh my God, they're the same word. You're like, that's continuity? I thought it was continuity. <laughs> continuity. And listen, I have to think, that's how British people say it. Like aluminium. Aluminium. Yeah. Why wouldn't they say continuity? Or the French, like continuity. Yeah. Yeah. Continuity. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, in your your slight defense, the word is continue. Why would it not be continuity? Yeah. Right? Continuity. (laughs) (laughs) Who says, there's no K? Why would it be be continuity? Yeah, the emphasis is on the wrong place But I understand, because... Continue yeah. is, is, is pronounced continue. I have to, I, I appreciate your vulnerability because I think that mispronouncing a word, people just love to jump on you if you mispronounce a word. You know what I mean? It's just that, that nobody is happier to lord about, something over you. Again, five years away, we've been about predicting things. We're about five years away from that being like for, forbidden to make fun of. Like, yeah, <laughs> just from, just from yeah. a cultural standpoint. Yeah, like, <laughs> you don't understand where he came from, you know? <laughs> Dave's family. <laughs> English was a second language. You're being racist. Maybe it is continuity where he's from. Do you ever think about that? Okay. All right. Let's stop talking before we get in trouble. But you, you confided to me that I had, to, I had to tell you something back. I, I felt in your vulnerability that I would, I would, I would return the favor and admit that the first time I was ever called upon to pronounce the word the 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 Jewish bread challah so good so wonderful i saw a i had a greeting card in my hand i remember more of the details of this story that had a, a picture of challah on it and it said happy challah days and i thought it was so clever and i was giving it to my jewish friends at, at the restaurant only I had never pronounced the word challah out loud or seen it pronounced. So I said, 
Hey guys, happy Chala days. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so embarrassed just thinking about it. Man. And just looking at this right now, because I think my parents and my grandmother, I used to laugh in like, t- tears laughing at my grandmother not being able to say the word warm. Warm. It's warm outside. It always warm. <laughs> worm. 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 And I was like, what are you talking? What worms? <laughs> She, just not possible. She can't say warm. Aww. Warm. Now, if I was somebody, if I spoke Spanish fluently, mm-hmm. would I look at Hala and say, Chaya? <laughs> <laughs> right? For the first time you see it, right? The double L's, simple- Chaya, 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 Chaya bread. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you would absolutely say Chaya. Yeah, you would say Chaya, man. Yeah. And then so, some ass face would be like, that's not how you fucking say it. And I then, think, yeah. I think you're right. I yeah. think we're a few years from this being yeah. off limits. 1000%. Uh, we're, I think that we are less years away from, I talked to Yuno and Gabby. We got to do the pronunciation B again. We got to bring it back. Oh, yes. Chaya bread. Now that we're, now that we're on. Vi- <laughs> chaya bread. Panda Chaya. <laughs> Listen, there's not a chance in hell that the first person, this, this is, Historically happened, right? For fucking 1,000% chance it happened. Historically accurate. We just don't know when. Somebody with, uh, from a Spanish-speaking country came across Hala, the first bro. word hala mm-hmm. on a menu, or they may have had a Jewish friend mm-hmm. introduce this very historically delicious bread. Yeah. And... They, they've heard it as an oral tradition. Hala. Mm-hmm. First time they see it written, they're like, what is that? Yeah. What's, what's, what's Chaya? <laughs> that it, happened. That. In moments in time, that happened. Oh, yeah, for sure. There's it, no way that didn't happen. We need, to, we need to email this to Nick Kroll in the history of the world because this fucking happened. <laughs> From thousand fucking percent. Actually, it's actually a pretty good bit. Chaya. Chaya bread. We are absolutely, you're, you're totally right. This is going to be off limits from a <laughs> can't make fun standpoint. of somebody because they, you know, God, I, you know, people, this is the, it is the most annoying thing. People just fucking love to jump on you. If you mispronounce a word, it's vicious. I don't expect a white person to be able to pronounce. Right. I, I, sorry. <laughs> it's why we named our sauce. Psalm sauce, because there was no fucking way they were going to name a gochujang right. sauce. Right. So it's okay if they say gochujang. It's, yeah. okay. it's fine. I don't want you to fucking pronounce it properly. I agree. So, so stay off your ass when we say continuity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Leave me alone. English was my first language. Actually, no, it was my second language. It really was my second language. So you're going to blame my immigrant parents? Go fuck yourself. <laughs> Go fuck you and your continuity pronunciation when it should be continuity. All right. The best part about that actually is that you thought there were two different words. Yeah, I totally <laughs> thought there were two different words. And I just never came across reading continuity in its physical presence, right? You never encountered it in the wild. Yeah, in my head, every time I saw continuity, C-O-N-T-U-I-N-A-T-Y, I always like, oh, that's continuity. And that's not continuity. That's, that's a continuity. Right. I've just never said the word. <laughs> this is how I felt when I saw. Never in my life have I used either one of those words. But this is how I felt when I saw this, the word. Monsieur spelled out for the first time, I thought, oh, there's another French one called Monsieur. <laughs> there's two words. Monsieur and Monsieur. You know, sometimes I forget that haute cuisine is haute cuisine. Mm-hmm. Don't fucking correct me. <laughs> Don't fucking correct me. All right? Just 
<laughs> don't correct me. This? It's completely natural for me to see H O U T and say oat. Hot. St- standing up Hot. for the rights of mispronouncers. Yes, yeah. <laughs> just this is what's going to happen. The people that are connect- correcting the pronunciation, they're going to get in trouble. This is our. This is just. We are just one step from a men's rights podcast right here. <laughs> just <laughs> representing dumb dumbs' rights. Anyway, we're going to take a break. We'll get back to you with actually something more substantial. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. So last or a couple podcasts ago, I talked about my trip in Taiwan. And I promise you, we're going to do a whole deep dive about that. But the meal that I I remember and I think about the most was the buffet at Paradise on the 46th floor, Breeze Tower. There's four of them. I was running the numbers too. I think they do anywhere from 75 million to like $100 million in revenue out of those four restaurants a year. Jesus Christ. Because they're doing like turns every two hours. Mm-hmm. And the price varies, but I'd say the average price is like 70 bucks because it's 60, 80. I think there's another more expensive one. Is you it a, doing it, math. you think it's a volume play? Is it low margin given like the variety you're having there? I don't know. I, I don't know if we could do this in America, number one, at this level. I, I Maybe I'm wrong, but I'm, I want people to try it out. Mm-hmm. Trust me. I, I've been... I was with, in Taiwan with Marguerite. And I, was, I was like, trying to do Inception. Oh, man, this can never happen in America. Oh, no. Man, can't wait for someone else to try it out. <laughs> just waiting, just waiting, counting the days till she calls you and says, Dave, I was thinking about what you were saying the other day. Yeah. We should try it. I love the buffet. Mm-hmm. And we're talking top of the podcast about algorithms and stuff. Doing the thing you're not supposed to do. It's really hard to convince somebody. Imagine the next most ambitious restaurant is a buffet. Mm. Why not? Why couldn't you have one of the most amazing restaurants being a buffet? Mm -hmm. That's ridiculous. People love buffets. Mm -hmm. I literally was running around there like on a shopping spree. I was like, ah, they got Picky Deck. Ah, they got abalone. Wait, wait, wait. I got a a Picker hand roll. Oh my God. They just made it for me. So ex- explain that a little bit more because I think that I think most people can't really picture what you're saying. So what is, and a, and it's a giant picture. building, right? And I say the building width, the circumference is probably the size of a high school track, mm-hmm. right? Pretty big. Now imagine that 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 reddish brick asphalt thing. <laughs> so the full circumference. Full of circumference this thing. is just buffet stuff. <laughs> All around, 360 around this, 
the center of it is the you know where things are being made, but all around it oh. is just peeking duck. I swear to God, really properly done tempera, um, eel rice, crabs, shrimp. They even had like the British like roast meat stuff with like a truffle sauce. Jesus. I feel like I feel like if I were trained to become some sort of religious extremist, this would be you would be t- this would be you uh, painting the picture of what awaits me in heaven, <laughs> just the yeah. track sized buffet. Well, this is how good it was. Most people go to a buffet like a casino. We're talking about casino buffets. With Caesars has a great one, Cosmo, Bellagio, where it's shrimp cocktail mm-hmm. and the prime rib or some kind of carving station gets yes. hit the hardest. Yeah. My, my head exploded when I realized the worst station here, the station that you don't want to fill up is the carving station. Okay. And not only that, this is what they had in the meat station. All the minute roasted lamb ribs, Jeez, I mean, what? lamb chops, um, sirloin tips <laughs> being grilled in front of me. I was like, what? Outrageous. I'm waiting for this to be like seared and not in a sous vide bag bullshit. Like, really done and then they have the the prime rib i was like what and i i mean you know what i did first plate i went and i got that first Mm -hmm. you know why i was like i looked at the i I had to take a look at the scope of things i didn't realize it was all the other side too it's like man there's no line here i gotta make i gotta make a run for it before it gets crowded (laughs) and i went there no one was there i was like fucking suckers i got this first and i come back and i put my plate down and everyone that I was with had all this beautiful bounty of like, just assortment of all kinds of shit. And I was the dumbass. <laughs> I was the dumbass because they were like, oh, it, the locals there were probably thinking only the dummies go for that shit. You went for, to, in their eyes, you went to a buffet and just piled your plate high with bread rolls and rice and mashed potatoes. Yeah. Like, this is how insane it was. You know, mashed potatoes, when you go there, are huge. Like, mm-hmm. they want you to take as much mashed potatoes. I was only allowed because the container that <laughs> held the mashed potatoes was like a gravy boat. <laughs> you know, like, if I took more than one scoop, I'm going to look like a monster. <laughs> so I took one, like, canal, and I put it on. I'm like, that's the smallest scoop of buffet mashed potatoes that's ever been scooped in my life right. or in the history of the world. And I was like... Oh my God, they don't want you to fill up on this. Right. Whereas like a traditional buffet, it would be a cauldron of mashed potatoes and the spoon would just be like a 58 ounce ladle. Here's other thing. They had this giant pot of what I thought was black olive tapenade. I was like, I don't want that shit. I'll just tell, I'll try it. I'll put a little bit on. It was fucking straight black truffle. Just chopped up truffle. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck? And uh, so you really had to master the move. I think I had as much food in between plates while waiting in line as I did sitting down. Hmm. I don't think there was a single person that ate as much as me waiting in line, but you gotta be good about hiding the food. Right. So every once in a while they have this robot, um, busser busser. Yeah. And I would just like, I, I like shrimp, uh, like a tempura shrimp uh-huh. nibble, 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 eat, eat, eat. I was like, Throw it in there. It's just going by like it's a NASCAR, right? Put it in. No one sees. My plate is clean. I was like, this is awesome. 
You just handed, handed your shrimp tails to the robo waiter. Yes. Yeah, just like, I'm like, like leaving, like uh, trying to like drop drugs. And when they, I get pulled over by the cops, I'm just, nope. nobody knew. He was awesome. So if you are grazer in between plates, sure. this is where you, you can't get caught. Yeah. And there's so many plates. You can even eat a, eat your food while waiting in line and just drop it off hey, in the man, robot. There's no shame in this. This is, this is, nobody, says, nobody was eating in line other than me. Well, that's a bunch of people who are moving too fast. Cause what you're doing is it's about the journey, not the destination. Well, like, you know what I told myself? I'm like, these guys are looking at me. Like I just did the Philsbury flop for the first time. All right. Uh, is, is so, and people came down and I have my meat plate, like I'm a keto bro. <laughs> <laughs> everyone has their plates and I was like oh my god I never felt so small in my life mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. somebody walks in with this these trays like cornets of ikura coming out of the top and like scallion tuna roll I'm like where did you get that I was like oh at the raw bar section I was like they make freshly made nigiri they also make one with like sear tuna I was like that's all I didn't even see that that's absolutely ridiculous I, I, I'm at a loss for words at the at this place. Now, the joy that I had. Is it like everything the best of the best of the best? No. Is it a place that you would eat at, quite frankly, if you lived there? No. You It would be like the probability of like, for someone who lives in the Bay Area, like, well, I'm going to go to Alcatraz. <laughs> oh, I'm going to go see the Statue of Liberty. It's one of those things where you probably would only go when family members come in because like, it's so much food. Right. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. And as a business, I'm like, God, I, I want to crack the code of the, on their numbers. They're servers, but they're really there to direct traffic and to bus tables. You have the robot bus. <laughs> the bus bot. Bus bot. That has, this is paradise in robot letters. <laughs> going through. Um. And like you can really control, and then they're like they they close every two hours, and I think there's a time in between like the, every two hours to like reset for service. Mm-hmm. Very very interesting model, and I hope hope wink wink to somebody maybe that's listening that it happens. Mm. A high end, when I say high end, I think in America, unfortunately, the price probably have to be around 150, 175 bucks. Yeah. Now that at a price point like that, I don't know, but it's such a queasy feeling that it gives me that I'm like, there's something beautiful there. Do you think this is, this is a maybe stupid question, but do you think that all you can eat is essential to the buffet experience? You can't, there's no way you're going to be able to do like you're, you're done. Oh, here's another thing. It's two hour minimum. You're out. They kick you out like a movie. You're, you're out. Two hour max. Two, two hour, hour max. max. <laughs> there's no way. Like you, be, besides, you're gonna get your money's worth. Uh huh. There's no way you're eating. You, you can't. You're gonna leave so goddamn full. There's no way. I literally went in being like, I've been eating so much delicious food in Taiwan. The last thing I need is a buffet. And every time I feel like that, the last time I felt like that was when I was at Bourdain, and we didn't want to go to Elcano. I remember that. I've talked about this a bunch. On par with that of like, oh, I felt like such a dumbass for not wanting to come here. Hmm. It was like a revelatory experience. Hmm. So I hope that we can see something like that here in America. And and I, I strongly feel that 
a new generation of restaurants needs to go back to the old ways of serving and operating. It doesn't have to be in a tasting menu. It doesn't have to be an a la carte menu. It can be done in a completely different way. And it was done extremely well. And if, again, if you look at the numbers, I think worst case, they do $50 million in revenue a year. I think they probably do close to $100 million in revenue. Like if you're in the restaurant business, think about that fucking number. Yeah. Okay. Like that's insane for four restaurants. Yeah. So hopefully that might encourage somebody listening to be like, hey, this is actually good business. I do know that restaurants, uh, buffets and casinos historically have been loss leaders. Historically, when they were $7.99 prime rib and lobster buffet, but that that has changed. And I think that it's come a long way since then. But I think what you're describing in Asia is that it is not it's unfettered from the perception, the cultural baggage of buffet is lowbrow budget. I got to say the genius of it, and I've been thinking about it a lot, right? If you want to like a tuna hand roll, okay, you look at the line, like it's, you don't want to waste two hours. I'm going to go th- this because like there's, I'm just going to get the Peking duck. Oh, that line's really long. Well, I'm going to go get my, my, my clams, that Taiwanese famous clam dish because that moves really fast. You get that. Oh, I'm definitely going to get the abalone uh, kanji. Look at that. Fresh abalone. I get three God. chunks. I was like, this is delicious. Oh, I'm not going to, I want to get some tempura. Get that. Like you still win, even though you decide like, hey, I don't want to wait. I don't want to waste my time uh-huh. because every other alternative is a good alternative. Yeah. The only loser there is the, sand, uh, the salad bar. And they know that. Cause you know why? Asians aren't down with fucking salads. <laughs> you can see anybody eating salad. Truly not down with salad. Everyone's like, why isn't this cooked? <laughs> Why is there a garden in the, the middle of this restaurant? It was the right size for a salad bar. It's like, it has to be here, but we don't care. Very thoughtfully ignored. <laughs> We're legally required to have a salad bar, but we put it in the bathroom. It's very small. So all in, great. And it really got my juices. This is why I'm an addict to restaurants and restaurant ideas. Uh I would, I, and I've always wanted to do a buffet. I mean, mm. for a long time, I was trying to convince the guys at Co to just turn it into a buffet. Mm. Let's, let's do it. And they're like, oh, this is fucking crazy. I was like, you can't, you can't. But that, see, that's that. I mean, I, I know, know. that the, the Sugar Shack is a buffet pretty much down in, and people love the Sugar Shack mm-hmm. in Montreal. To walk in to a room and have everything ready to go. I mean, something sandbagged. You do all the cooking. I actually think it's probably economical for, for labor because you can actually just need one fucking awesome cook to just make super delicious stuff. It doesn't have to be multiple turns, but like I would love, how sick would this be to go into a, let's just say, I don't know what kind of restaurant. I don't want to like typecast any restaurant, but a restaurant that would typically not be a buffet. Sure. Uh, and then whatever it is. And then have access to big chunks of it. Right. Right. And everything's laid out instead of tiny morsels. It's like, here's the platter. Take as much as you like. You know, in a lot of ways too, like you think about Echabari, one of the great restaurants in the world in Basque country, everybody ends on a steak. It's like, cause it's comforting. You want that after all this beautiful stuff. Like there's other ways you can do it where everyone has the food, that's room temp or things that are cooked all the minute, but the thing that's really cooked all the minute is the big cut of meat mm-hmm. or fish. 
Well, this was like this. This reminds me a little bit of because you were you were enamored with the Argentinian Brazilian steakhouse model too, where you know, the meat flies around. Yeah, a lot of things never got to be done because of the pandemic. A lot of things, right? Um, <laughs> but the, but the hybrid, things. the hybrid service style, right? Where there's yeah. some stuff a la minute, some stuff delivered to your table, and then there's a buffet of of whatever whatever else you can get there. I mean, we had a club, a meat club, ready to launch, and uh, and that. We called it like a, you know, tentatively titled Siberia because of the worst mm-hmm. location, but because of reasons we, we wouldn't name it that. But it was Brazilian barbecue with Korean marinated meats. And it was awesome. And panchan. Panchan is uh, the same stuff. There's every analogy to Brazilian food you have. Mm-hmm. Not every, but very, very similar. There's, um, a, there's a certain, at the base level, I just, I just thought about this. There's at the basic level of a buffet or uh, nobody you know, the, fucking hates going to Brazilian barbecue. When I mean that that's, is that's right. When people go there because they leave, like I had a great time and I had value. But it's the basic level of of all you can eat, or or buffet, or churrascaria, or any of this stuff. Even even the sauce bar at the hot pot place. At the base level, it is in many ways like the most. <laughs> it makes you. It evokes the most generous feeling of hospitality, which is. Don't worry about it. It's you can have whatever you want. Come in, come into my house, make yourself at home, have whatever you want. I know that sounds insane, but but that is is the reality is when you've paid at the door, you think about this with like food festivals we talk about all the time. You kind of want to go in. The best the best experiences are you walk in and there's you're not, you're not from the moment you walk in the door, you don't have to be counting your money anymore. So you know, we'll stop talking about this because we'll get into dads uh, momentarily. But if I was opening my first restaurant and if I doesn't have to be in a, a super busy urban metropolitan area, I mean, I would do it where you could test it out. Obviously, clearly, like if you could even better, if you could own the building somehow, the first I would open up a buffet. I really would. I would open up a delicious buffet. It doesn't have to be ambitious, right? But like just really good food with high quality ingredients and I wouldn't be afraid to charge an arm and a limb as, as long as you can make sure values there. It doesn't, doesn't always have to be expensive. doesn't have to mean crap. Right. <clears throat> and we know that for Japanese sushi when you're there, it's 350 bucks. Mm-hmm. At least it's cheaper in Japan than it is in America. People save up because it's a value. You can make, you can ch- change someone's perspective from a really bad idea that is buffet and i i want to encourage anyone that's listening to be like you know what i want to give that a shot that would be cool like i want people to do this you know i hope that we we can do this but again if i was knowing me now and i know what i know i would 1000 percent my first restaurant would be a buffet (laughs) i mean speaking not from a business perspective but from a uh, fat boy perspective yes i also would like that (laughs) so anyway uh, we'll take a break before we get into dads it's a little bit more of like say partners (laughs) because I I thought about it and I I, I threw out this idea to Chris and I I wanted to sort of give a a scale of of love (laughs) (laughs) where where are we going of love okay scale of love scale of love I, in terms of sleeping together. Mm-hmm. You mean 
literally sleeping, literally together. sleeping together. Because I, I, I'm going to say again, without any sociological data at my hands and my fingertips, that I'm going to say that there's a higher proportion of people that get divorced because they sleep in a queen size bed or or smaller. Oh yeah, All right. And not a surprise that maybe super wealthy people don't even have to sleep in the same house. Mm-hmm. They literally live in separate houses, <laughs> right? That that probably if they have that arrangement, like very 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 low percentage of divorce. Uh, I think that the I see where you're headed. I think yes, divorce rates among couples who share a full size or twin bed very I mean, high. Not to say that won't. I'm just saying maybe the irritations caused by sleeping next to a partner is not part of that equation. Should someone get divorced? Yes, you could still get divorced. Agree, but. Those reasons to get divorced are no longer, God, why won't he stop snoring? This is a real thing. There was, there was actually, I forget the, forget the statistics entirely. There is a disproportionate number of people who, or a large number of people who get divorced because of snoring. I know. Legit. I think that Facts. might be the number one reason why Grace might divorce me. <laughs> That's that's a fact. You know, I, I think that probably people who live in different houses, uh, divorce rate might be, that might be an outlier thing. But what no, do you think? But the, you got to have the scale. Sure. Right? So where's the. I think they're probably happier as couples for the most part because they're they're just living two separate lives <laughs> until they don't have to. You know, uh-huh. it's just weird altogether. Uh-huh. So then that's like the furthest end. The next step from that is two separate bedrooms, something you see in like. The 1940s and 50s, and maybe like Europe. Mm-hmm. I don't know anywhere else in the world because I haven't. Not that you ask these questions, but but you know, you've heard stories or f- films where the partners sleep in separate bedrooms. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they have their own bathroom. Sometimes they have the adjoining bathroom. But they're basically like, you know, <laughs> they push the push the beds together and they push them back apart. No, they're separate rooms. <laughs> this is like the next step out before like totally separate living arrangements. Right. They <clears throat> sleep together completely separately. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't know what happens when someone wants to have an intimate relation in that regard. <laughs> where where you go? Uh-huh. Maybe they have a third bed. I, I don't even know. <laughs> Things like <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Then the next step below that. Which is quite frankly strange to me if you see it in one room or two separate beds. I don't know. Like you're <laughs> you're going to a uh, hotel room and it's two queen size beds. Right. Which happened. Which happened to me recently. We when we were in Vegas for our our Cosmo event, we walked in the door and there were two queen beds instead of a king. And Jamie immediately expressed disappointment. Was like, oh, I thought we were getting a single king bed, and I had to. Feign disappointment. I had to fake it. I had to say, oh, shit. I mean, I, I guess I'll take this one. <laughs> yeah, same thing when we were in Mexico City, right? I was with, uh, a, you know, Anoop and Marguerite. We're checking in together, and we had a room mm-hmm. with two queen beds. You and Grace. Yeah. Yeah. We're literally checking in side by side, and then they check in because they were going to share a room, and they're like, oh, we can have like a cot. Because they have one king size bed. And, and I was like, okay. <laughs> I was like, this is the conundrum of the century. And I was like, oh, do I? I was like, I didn't have to talk to her. I was like, I'm sure she's thinking the same thing I was. Do we offer 
our our two queen size beds to our good friends, right? Because the reason was is like people were splitting rooms because the hotel was overbooked and like sure it is what it is, right? And you make us you make adjustments necessary, right? And I was like, man, that would be cuts. In my head, I'm like, cuts not so bad. <laughs> That's <laughs> not so bad. The, the layers, so he's camping. The layers to this are incredible because on its face, on its face, one, an uninformed human, somebody who has never been in a long-term relationship with another partner, on its face, you would say, what is Dave talking about? Clearly, the married couple would prefer to have the king-size room, and this is an ideal situation. You've got two people who are not going to share beds why would you not make the switch? It's not that simple. Because I'm going to tell you, uh, there's two th- problems that have like fucked up relationships. One, Nancy Meyer films. <laughs> because you love them too much. <laughs> <laughs> like Every kitchen's got to look like that. Fuck off. Two, you can't assume like every movie, every TV show. It's like, God, makes me feel bad because I'm not cuddling. Yeah. What the fuck? Stop that shit. Make it real life. If you're, we've already talked about the cuddling. That was my New Year's resolution. And I've already told you, it's been broken very early on. I was trying to cuddle five minutes a day. That's fucking done. Too hot. Too fucking hot. I can't. I can't. It doesn't mean I love Grace less. I just physically can't. This is, this is real. Jamie heard that episode where we talked about being bad colors and being too hot. And she said to me, can't we aspire to be better cuddlers too? And I said, absolutely not. <laughs> like, no, look at Chang. He's not going to make it. Didn't He's make not going to make Didn't it. Make it. This well, guy will start waking up at 4 a.m. I believe that shit. He's not going to cuddle. No, no, that was the hardest. There's just no way. I, I can't. I can't do it. I don't know where to put my fucking arm. Nobody does. And too hot. Too hot. <laughs> just too, too hot. Too hot. I have a, uh, in our home, we have, we, we have a, a king size bed. And the other day, you know who I will cuddle with? My pillow. Yeah. I realize I've been like a thruple with my pillow. My son doesn't want to cuddle with me. He was like too hot. It's, it's too, too hot. Yeah. That is a kid who is expressing, who isn't. Tell isn't, me the truth. Is, yeah. Tells the truth. He's not bound by all these social I restrictions. I think Grace runs cold. It's okay with her. But this isn't like a fucking Game of Thrones series. No, it's not it fire doesn't match nice. up. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we, we we put that together. It's like, so we gave them the, the two queen size beds and then we slept in the king size bed. And you know what? You know, wedding was great. It's fine, I guess. Sleeping could have been better. <laughs> Five star wedding. Five star one, one star sleeping arrangements. <laughs> it's not about not loving your wife. Though. I want to be clear here. It's not about that. I, I love my wife very much. You love Grace very much. I'm not expressing that in my sleep. It's not showing in my sleep. <laughs> I got nothing to say. Right, everything I wanted to say has been said about the subject. Time to move on. Sorry, the two beds in the same room. I think it's a bold statement. I think it actually tells you, if I saw this one, if I went to your house and I saw that there's two queen size beds or mm. two twins. You'd be like, I'd even say, Maverick. Like, I don't have to sit down. I have to think about this long and hard. I mean, it would be like, wow. I don't know what would be more surprising, that or an open marriage for you guys. <laughs> You know, I'd be like, fuck. No, that would be the first time. I was like, whoa, that is crazy. Two, I would have to think about that and be like, okay. 
the, these are two people that are so sure about each other and their mm-hmm. marriage that they're honest enough to be like, I love you, but I never want to sleep next to you. <laughs> I think that's an honesty that all couples would love to aspire to. Okay. Everyone's going to sleep better if you sleep in a separate bed. It just is true. I'm tired to keep this inside. I'm letting the world know. Yeah. You agree. I, listen, if I walked in and I saw you and Grace had two separate beds, it would be that moment. It would be the goodwill hunting moment that we love so much where I'd be like, damn, I showed up at the door and he wasn't there. He fucking did it. <laughs> he fucking did it. <laughs> listen, I think it's true love and true romance to just overcome those barriers. So don't tell me like, oh, there's nothing romantic about it. I was like, no, let's evolve. We 1000% are turning into a men's right podcast. <laughs> We can't deny it. Good Lord. Okay. The next thing after that, because most people aren't going to do that, even though one can dream. (laughs) We're just being held down by society. Yes, I I agree. Can I say sometimes if I have to sleep on the couch, it's not so bad. This is so true, man. So fuck off. You know what I'm talking about? The couch is so nice. It's not so bad. So like, I will, you know, uh, sometimes you get in arguments as a couple and sometimes the couch happens. <laughs> and then deep down you think, <laughs> could the bed be more comfortable? But when I wake up on the couch, I'm like, I'm so well rested. You know, in those, in those, those evenings, <laughs> my thought is, I hope that this was that very, very, very delicate Venn diagram sliver of the fight was bad enough that I have to sleep on the couch but not so bad that it won't blow over by the morning. <laughs> You're fucking dead. You're dead, Jamie. You know what? I've confessed a lot today, but nothing as horrific as that. Grace, I love you. And I love you so much that not one thought like that would ever cross yeah, my right. mind. That's Dude, fucking horrific. You know the, you're called, a murderer. It's called the golden window. And you know all about it. No, you're confusing the golden mean of marriage with the golden window. That's fucked up. Um, but let's get into uh, changing from partners into dads. Um, I got to say, right now, dealing with two kids solo is the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. Yeah. No idea. And I told you, right? Uh, Brescia is having a Asada party. And I told her straight off the bat, I can't make it. And we, you. We got invited to the Asada finally. Finally. I, I think I was like, you know. Just a pity. It was a yeah, pity total to the pity. Asada. But. And we want to do it so badly, genuinely. My my texture straight off the bat. <laughs> can't can't do it. Can't do it. You were like, why? Solo dad right now. I'm solo dad. Yeah. And uh, I got to keep them in one room and not let them escape one room. I was like, wait, Chang, why can't you go? It's a, we'll go divide and conquer. You were like, are you fucking crazy? You think I can? I'm going to put those two fucking animals in a car? <laughs> Are you kidding? Are you crazy? Are you crazy? And Brigitte was like, of course you're such a fucking male dad. Can't even fucking put two of them in a car. I'm like, yeah, I'm not hiding the fact. No, if you have two serial killers and you're you're understaffed at the prison, you're going to decide that weekend to put them on prison transport? I think I'm doing out of safety. You know what? I can't drive Ah! in the car. All right. You know what I'm talking about? All the parents. 
It's very difficult to drive. No, because you need you need a co-pilot who can turn around and deal with it. Because you, can, it's actually unsafe. I can't turn around and break up a fight while I'm trying to keep one hand on the I, wheel. I, I agree. It's danger. So that's the number reason I, I care about safety. Number one, <laughs> and number two, sheer laziness for me. Number two, I I, I got to keep them in one controlled room environment or wherever we're going. I'm I'm like Phil Jackson in the triangle offense. I got to like. Mm-hmm. Pinpoint myself to points of egress and things that can hurt them. Yeah. And I'm trying to minimize the weekend where they have no choice. Mm-hmm. It's a padded room. Mm-hmm. And I feel you know you. what? I think maybe we can create that. There's a lot of people making like vitamins and stuff for like kids and parents and all this shit. You know what we should do? Just a padded. Inflatable padded room. I think this is, dude, some motherfuckers created a, a campfire and a, in a tin jar mm-hmm, mm-hmm, thing. Mm-hmm. This, yes. Yeah, you saw that. <laughs> yes, I've seen this thing. Ever want a campfire but you live in an urban area? Well, here you go. <laughs> if we can confine a fire, we can surely confine our children you into know a room. A, you know what's not a bad idea is that? Yeah. Inflatable padded room for kids. A bouncy house, Yeah. right? But a bouncy house that you can put inside, but there's no bouncy. It's just a room that can't go anywhere. Just the memory foam walls. Ooh, I would do that. It'd be sick. I might just want to choose to live in there by myself I too. Know. I know. <laughs> Are you? So let me t- tell the truth though. This weekend, this is at, weekends are the true test for single parents. Remember when you weekends used to be something you look forward to as a single parent of two kids for the weekend? Like that is the it's hour by that's hour. the crucible. It's hour by hour. It's it is slow going. Hour by hour. Monday cannot come soon enough. That's it's intense. I'm looking at this like it's a big. Like Ohio State, Michigan State, like Michigan game. Like this is a big game. Yeah. This weekend. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like this is a big rivalry. This is a big game. I gotta, I gotta like get in the zone here. What what do you what do you do you have you don't? I was gonna ask a dumb question. Do you have activities planned? No. You have a you literally have a the activity is I'm not leaving. I, I'm sure parents are like, well, you're depriving them of wonders and museums and stuff. It's like no. You come over and take them to a fucking museum. It's a nightmare. <laughs> the, the stroller doesn't even work anymore because they're like, oh, I hate being in this thing. Mm. It sucks. No. I do. Th- the stroller, they, they, once they stop wanting to be in the strollers, a real fucking you nightmare. You can't carry them. Yeah. That's what they want. Not, ha- not happening. So, no. It's a padded room. And uh, I'll tell you one, my one genuine tip that I learned for solo parenting two kids and maybe anyone that's been a parent has been like you dumbass of course that's the only way I am really loving bath time I start bath super early Ooh, early bath is the is, that's the whole game so I spread out as many towels as I can now right around, around the tub. around you gotta get towels Galore. Yeah. Every towel possible. It's like and a splash then, zone. It's a splash yeah, zone. And because like, you know, my the reason why I, I learned is don't tell them not to splash. I'm like, now I'm like, fucking have a blast. Do whatever you want. You you lunatics in there, <laughs> go crazy. <laughs> you know what? This is a tide pool, whatever the fuck. Go ham. I don't care. You wanna you wanna fucking bring it to the meniscus? I don't care. Yeah. Let's go. Because I padded the floor. Yeah, I got towels everywhere. <laughs> I got towels fucking everywhere. Okay? The towels come twofold important. So now I got Gus, who's like 19 months, and Hugo, that's four. Is he four? Yeah, he's four. Is he four? Yeah, four. He's yes, four. He's four. Yeah. 
So I have to lure Hugo out of the water first. Yeah. That's the only real challenge I have. Yeah, yeah we got this too. So you need to have some snack, mm-hmm. but nothing too sweet mm-hmm. or something that they're like, yes, I will come out of the water. I hate being in the water. Two seconds ago, I wanted to only be in the water, but now I fucking hate being in the water because I want that. But it has to be the older one first who can yeah. connect the dots. Yes. No, no. The, the reason why is Gus could like drown. Yeah. So like I need to like somehow keep him standing so he's excited so he's not in the water. And now with towels everywhere, I take Hugo out, I dry him off, I change him on there, mm-hmm. and then I have an iPad. I'm like, here, you watch. I don't care if you want to watch Rambo, whatever. <laughs> and uh-huh. I got you, I, I'm not taking you out, right? You, I've, you know, I've, I've made him foul out of the game. He's out. <laughs> <laughs> I now only have to worry about Gus. Yeah. So now it's easy. He's, and I don't have to put any towels. He can roll around, whatever. I'm drying him off. Then I have both of them. Yeah. Changed, ready to go. The sequencing is tough. I feel this. I feel I feel like I've nailed the sequencing for myself. Yeah. Uh I've been there. I have I have the same sequence. Old one comes out first and then gets distracted by something. And then but Keith is like Keith has like a, a real resistance coming out. <laughs> I have to empty the water from the top. Oh yeah, you gotta do that. But you know what? Do they try to like it's a war to plug the fucking toilet? Yeah. Yeah, dude. I try to open the plug and he just plugs it back up. Yeah, but you know what I've done? How much cooler is it? To see the vortex. Oh yeah, you gotta you gotta, you gotta get them into the whirlpool and oh, then they're yeah. into it. Let me ask you a, a an unrelated question. I have one dad's question for you, and you have you haven't encountered this yet, I don't think. But recently, I've been thinking, how old? When when will the last time be that I pick Ruby up and like hold her, like baby style? <laughs> Wedding day. <laughs> <laughs> Because for me, it's just I, legit for me. It's just like a physical thing where I'm like, when you get to be 85 pounds, I don't think I can pick you up anymore. I'm wondering if this stage, because I'll, you know, once or twice a day, I'll pick her up. She's six, probably 50 pounds. I'm already thinking I look ridiculous. <laughs> you know, what I was thinking too. Hugo this morning, like 530 climbed, climbed into my bed. And I was like, oh, this is cute. I love this. Mm hmm. And then I thought, at what point will this look awkward? <laughs> when he's growing facial hair? <laughs> when is it going to be a Game of Thrones type situation here? I know I feel you though, but I think, you know, Hugo's a couple years younger than Ruby. I'm just fine. We're finally reaching this point. And then, you know, you've got Gus after that and I've got Keith after, after Ruby. But, you know, I was feeling kind of like a weird uh, melancholy about this. Just, oh man, at a certain point, I won't do this anymore. Yeah. Instead of the first dance at Ruby's wedding, you're going to have the first cradle. <laughs> the last time I put the last yeah, cradle. Instead of the first dance being, this is the last cradle. <laughs> I'm just going to pick her up and rock her in my arms <laughs> at the age of 54 when she gets married. <laughs> <laughs> and with that lasting image, we say goodbye. Thanks uh, for listening. Give us five stars. Not enough of you giving us five stars. It's true. You Motherf- think we're not watching? Yeah, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, I said that. 